This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top-tier lineup. With Leaf Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. And you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only by app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. And lo... It was the time of year where travellers from Suffolk descended on Wickham, weary from avoiding roadworks and rail strikes. They approach a Wickham steward. We are tired from our journey, they say. Can we stop here? No, he said with a troubled expression. We have no room in the car park. This is the Blue Monday podcast. Hello and welcome to the Blue Monday, Blue Monday podcast discussing Ipswich Down, Up or Down since 2015. I'm Rich Woodard and this is the pre-match show brought to you in partnership with our friends at the Greyhound Pub in Ipswich. We're available every week on YouTube video and podcast audio and tonight we are live so we want to hear from you in the chat. Joining us tonight um, after Seb Brown failed a late fitness test but we're glad to have him nevertheless, Joe Fares. Joe, how are you? Did you enjoy my Christmas nativity intro there that was definitely not written two minutes before we started i have been to two nativity plays this week already and that was oh wow. um and th- you've been up against a four-year-old and a six-year-old but i think that's probably the weakest one i've heard of the three. <laughs> <laughs> any opportunity i can have to have a dig at wickham's parking situation i will but um i um yeah good luck i mean if you're listening to this before traveling down to the game do leave early if you haven't got arrangements sorted for parking because it is a bitch so there you go i said we are live so we want to hear from you guys um let's jump into the chat right now and see who's there lee evening to you fbl tractor good evening to you good evening to michael in brisbane evening to luke first time i've caught it live long time watcher luke great to have you with us oh there's questions about the weather in in brisbane we're not we're not indulging that chat uh evening to gary evening to mullet watch your lads cold one again in it yeah um, Dan, evening to Dan, um, who I think has informed a little bit of our research as well. So feel free to correct us, Dan, if we um, if we deviate, of course, a little bit. Um, only the 22 degrees for Michael in Brisbane. There we go. Um, evening to Sully, the A-team, he says. Um, and evening to Eric. Um, good to have you with us. We will be chatting Wickham. Um, we will also um, predict the League One round of games, which are slowly disappearing away due to the weather. Um, but first off, Joe, um, apart from 
giving us more into into your week that's just been apart from your nativities. It's a it's a year of Kieran McKenna. We did a show about him quite recently, didn't we? But a good milestone. But we'll be hoping for another year of the same kind of stuff, won't we? Yeah, I actually am um, listening back to the pod that we recorded when the appointment was made live during the pod yeah. this time last year. And no, it was, it was interesting because it was talk of he's probably not the manager to come in and pick up two points a game to get us up this season. We're obviously not going for promotion this season because if we were, we'd be going for a sort of Neil Warnock type. And obviously he did come in, basically pick up two points a game. It didn't get us anywhere near the top six. So whether it, it showed that we were right, I think everyone knows we were right anyway, but to go for the approach of somebody to sort of get us on an even keel rather than try and attempt what in hindsight and maybe felt like at the time was a hopeless attempt at promotion. There was no way we could have gotten that top six really last year. And no, and I think McKenna's, we talked about him having a low floor and a high ceiling. And I think he's really starting to push at that ceiling already, isn't he? And it's, yeah, it's been a great year, hopefully another year of progress. And this time next year, we're sort of looking upwards in the championship as opposed to sort of just bashing our head against the top of League One. That would be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah, uh, plenty of stuff out there with um with um, about Kieran McKenna. We, we did a show, Joe and I, live Q and A a few weeks back, um maybe last week actually to mark fifty fifty games, and um, that's worth a listen. We've linked the show that Joe mentioned, which featured a very brief and regretful um, Northern Irish accent from me, very briefly, which um I, I feel no. like a pre- <laughs> no no I, I feel a pressure <laughs> since Paul Cook to have to do it and. um I really didn't think that one through because that's the that is what you get when you go live. So, um, but definitely recommend watching that one back and um and yeah, if you've got any thoughts in the comments about the year that's just been under McKenna, you know, overwhelmingly positive. But I, I'm sure all of us accept um, we've not done anything yet, and so would he as well. I'm sure be the first to say that. So um, we'll be looking forward to what 2023 has to offer in terms of other bits and pieces of news. Um, ICFC Women round out the calendar year of fixtures for them with an away trip to Cheltenham. Um, Cheltenham promoted as champions of Division One Southwest last season. Um, currently sixth, um, having won four, drawn one and lost three with a negative six goal difference. They beat Cambridge last time out in the FA Women's National League plate. Um, ITFC will be in buoyant mood um, in the fourth round, um, uh, fourth round victors um, last time out against Portishead and... Lewis or London Bees? Is it London Bees or Corley Wasps? I always get those two mixed up. Um, Lily Lewis, anyway, isn't it? Um, in the next round, um, so positivity there. It's an away game, isn't that rich as well? Uh, home game. How was it? Home, home. games here. Yeah, oh, that's a good, in, good draw then. Isn't it? In January, and the, and more positive news in that um, players' player of the season for last year, Kyra Robertson's back from injury in midfield, and the squad that had been a little bit depleted is starting to get back into really positive shape. And um, yeah, 12 p.m. kickoff there. Details of the venue on the Twitter as well. So we wish them all the very best and um, look forward to a positive 2023 for those guys as well. Gary, we need to say thank you to you on the Super Chat. Very generous of you. Um, I'm not sure my intro merited that. So it's purely presumably for Joe's presence and wisdom here. But Gary, thank you so much. Um, if you if you want to do likewise and you're watching on YouTube, um, click the Super Chat button. But otherwise, we just appreciate folk who give us a thumbs up on the video and a review in the podcast app of choice. And subscribe if you haven't done already. Um, get this kind of quality. I mean, we're always butting up against the level of quality, but I, that intro, I feel really bad about that. I told Joe... 
it was going to go one way or the other and i kind of feel like i've let everyone down but hey ho um i'm sure some people enjoyed it yeah if you enjoyed it let me know i feel like i need a little bit of an ego boost um even to chris looking forward to my first visit to wickham the car parking sounds fun got a space on the nearby school hopefully not as bad as the stadium car park yeah if you want to get home chris on saturday then the stadium car park is not where you want to or if, no, if, yeah. if anyone's you know not I mean. been there if anyone's not been there before basically it's an industrial estate but it's like a one road industrial estate with stuff either side of it and the yeah. ground is at the very end of it so obviously everyone goes into the industrial estate and parks on sort of either side because all the all the um, units down there rent out parking but then when you and then like i say it goes up and up and up and then you get to the stadium right at the top of the hill and then when you come out of the stadium, all these car parks are letting back to one single road with a tough exit at the bottom on back onto the main road. So you can be there a very, very long time. And last yeah, but time, then Oxford is similar to Oxford, isn't it? Yeah, but I'd, I'd say it's even worse than Oxford. It's worse than Oxford, yeah. But similar yeah, kind but, of experience if you park on that retail park. Yeah. yeah. And last time, like I said, last time we were there, I remember turning up and everyone sort of meeting every Ipswich fan with the same shock that Paul Lambert's under a new five-year contract, oh, which God, I think runs, yeah. runs for another 18 months. Yeah, well, you were. I enjoyed your tweet from earlier, Joe, talking about, I hope that's a tradition when new managers get new contracts on the eve of an away trip to Wickham. So we can, we can but hope. But yeah, my experience of Wickham away, which is why, which informed the introduction, let's get it out there, therapy for me, some three or four years on, I forget what it is. I arrived at two o'clock and ran out of on-street parking and I ended up parking up at quarter to three, some mile and a half, two miles away from the stadium. First time I've ever missed kickoff, I think, off the top of my head. I was not happy. There was literally nothing that I could find. So if you haven't got arrangements sorted out and you are listening to this, take this as an op- as, as your signal to get their ASAP and or try and your find on-street parking space or one of or, those sites. Yeah, well, I don't think there's anything in there either. It's an absolute nightmare. And Wickham's re- weirdly really hilly as well. You, I don't know why I'd ever thought it's otherwise, but really hilly, really windy, hilly roads. But good luck to folk who haven't sorted themselves out just yet. We will talk about football at some point. Um, Evening TFB, I tried to listen to the pod from a year ago. Interesting comparison with Burley. Feels like slow build, coach, the, the kind of beginning of their powers kind of thing as well so yeah that doesn't surprise me that we made that analogy um lee this time next year rodney will be challenging for the playoffs in the championship there you go um london bees confirms fbo tractor in the fa cup but i suspect it'll be lewis given they're in the championship but thank you confirming that nick yeah evening all games being cooled off yeah we'll keep an eye on that one wickham have a fully confident joe that the game will go ahead. Is that- yeah, well, they do have underfloor heating, don't they? There was a case a few years ago where sort of the game was called off 20 minutes before kickoff because they realised they'd forgot to turn it on. So hopefully, I'd, I'd imagine their smart meters have been running up a big bill this week. So they they they, they know that that heating is on. Uh, Mullet, yeah, I've only let myself down. I, I mean, we may as well pin that one, Mullet. That's, that's, a, that's a constant, isn't it? Um, uh, yeah, Michael, with a fair point, I think we did try and talk about this a few weeks back. Um, should also remember that Cooks on a lot of the the good players um, just couldn't make them into a team. I think that's fair enough, isn't it? Um, and um, FPL Tractor, logistic, I love how the logistics are dominating so far. Nowhere near the train station either. Um, Chris, I'll take getting stuck for hours in exchange for three points. And, well, bless you, Chris, for taking one for the team. We hope that um, you get that. Um, that's what I'll, we want. I'll, sh- I'll show solidarity and I'll also take you getting stuck in traffic for hours, Chris. <laughs> 
<laughs> there you go. Good stuff. Um, yeah, interesting, Gary. I'm just reading your comment out. We might come back to that one. Let's talk about Wickham, Joe. Let's get on to the business of the pod. Um, currently ninth in the league, 29 points. Um, that's eight wins, five draws, eight losses. Um, slow start to the season, isn't it? And maybe a surprise after their exploits last season in the playoffs. Yeah, but I think, well, like I said, they'd obviously gone up the year before, come down into the championship, managed to sort of sneak in to the playoffs right at the end of the season. But it's one of those ones, yeah, they nipped ahead of Plymouth, who ended the season badly. But when you say sneaking in, they snuck in with like 81 points. It wasn't like they snuck in with 72 points. They, they had a really good season and were good all through the season. And sort of for three years, really, they've been a good side, at least three years. But it's... I don't know. They start the season really poorly. They were almost sort of down in the relegation zone after 10 or 10 or 11 games, weren't they? And he had a couple of wins in the first first 10 games, but they've sort of seemed to have got into their stride. Now they lost a couple of big players. They lost obviously David Stockdale, who went to Sheffield Wednesday, had been their sort of main, their keeper last year and had a brilliant season for them, obviously as evidenced by the move to Sheffield Wednesday. They lost the big defender at the back, Anthony Stewart, sort of a few others here and there, a couple of the lone players went back and it's just taken taken them a while to get going now, but they do seem to be going, but not they're still not really pulling up any trees, are they? Then they're not they're not scoring a lot of goals still, which is something there that I think they went to Lincoln last week, barely had a shot on goal and drew drew nil nil there and they're just but as we know, we've played this Gareth Ainsworth side before. They are a very, very awkward side to play against. They they will ask us questions that not many other teams in this league will ask us. And that isn't to say we won't be able to answer those questions, but it's uh, it, it it will be a very, very different game to any we've had so far this season, apart from, well, no, probably any game we've had this season. Yeah, there's uh, there's definitely a, a physical challenge there, which we'll, we'll drill into a little bit more. Worth just reiterating some of the points that you've made there. Yeah, three wins from the from the opening eleven wasn't particularly strong. And ninth in the in the in the six game form table, two wins, three draws, one defeat. You mentioned a draw um away at Lincoln last time out, nil nil with the one shot on target. Two nil win over Pompey um the the game before. Um positive there. But home form not the best. Fifteen points from ten games is four is the fourteenth best home record in the league. Only three home clean sheets. Um, including that one against Portsmouth. and But they have scored in all but one of their home league games. And the only time they didn't score was when Plymouth came and beat them 1-0. And um, yeah, I'm sure other teams will have fared similarly against Plymouth, won't they? At least the Plymouth before the last few weeks. Um, last season, we talked about finishing sixth with 83 points and defeat in the playoff final to Sunderland. No real surprise there. And, and last season, Joe... Um, two ITFC wins in the fixtures, which maintained our unbeaten record in our entire history against Wickham. And don't read into that, guys. Um, but yeah, a, a memorable game at, at Wickham last season, wasn't it? Yeah, it was the 4-1 win on a Tuesday night there when we were seemingly unbeatable in our white kit there. It was probably, probably Paul Cook's finest moment in an, mm. as, an, as Ipswich manager. That game there, Burst and Selena scoring a couple, including... One where he sort of ran a length of the pitch into an empty net after beating um, David Stockdale to the ball and Mick Mills with a memorable bit of commentating. But again, it was one of those games where we got the 4-1 result. We played really well, but there were still the moments where Christian Walton had to pull out a massive save from a corner, yeah. didn't need to keep it at. I think that would have made it 3-2 at that point. And 
if they'd have got that goal back, things could have gone sort of south quickly. But they, they are a side that will always have their moments because they play such an awkward, the game is so broken down, there's no flow to any game. It's very much just ball is off the pitch, ball is back on the pitch, ball is off the pitch, ball is bombed down to our end of the pitch and try and there. There's no flow, there's no rhythm to the game. It's very stop stop, very just a very, very awkward style to play against. Uh, yeah, and it did feel like the first half was going to go away from us as well. And the game really pivoted quite, you know, in quite a significant way around that Hayden Coulson injury with Burgess coming on strangely, but yeah, it was an enjoyable watch for a rare occasion under Paul Cook. And then, and then the reverse game of Palmer road was McKenna's first game in charge. You remember much about that one? Kind of a, a um, defensive showing there really, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, well, it was the first we'd seen of McKenna and, Sort of James Norwood and Macaulay Bond played as a front two, didn't they? But James Norwood was almost playing as like a left winger. So he was having to get up and down the pitch, but it was Norwood who came across and made, managed to bundle home a goal from what was Macaulay Bond's cross, I think it was at the time, or, or cross shot that the keeper had palmed. Something along those lines, wasn't it? But it was a really interesting... Like I, said, I think McKenna got lucky in some respects that when he came in, the Gillingham game on Boxing Day was cancelled. So it gave him a good week to work with the players after the Sunderland game. And you could tell we already had a plan from sort of day one. And yeah, it, it worked well. That plan didn't end up being a plan for the whole season or certainly not into this one. But it was, a, it was one of those ones where a, a good win. I think it was, in, it was Vlaslav Hladky probably his last league game for the club wasn't yeah, it because COVID, Walton had COVID didn't he yeah. like like me I was at home with COVID and Christian Walton had COVID and um yeah Hladke came in and it's probably the toughest game you'd expect him to come in for when you're getting bombarded with balls into the box and he'd been a keeper that struggled under that but no we we defended well he he, he played well in goal and, and we got deserved clean sheet yep uh, let's go back to the chat very briefly um, to see what focus are now. Wickham improving, says FPL Tractor. Dan mentioning Ainsworth uh, upbeat that getting a lot of his players back from injury and Josh Scone was a miss for a, a big chunk of the start of the season and his um, resurgence, resurgence back into the team has certainly helped them steady the ship. Um, Michael, sympathy for us. Um, for those in traffic while he's on his watching his sofa, we've got a bit of chat about Luke Wolfen, and we'll come back to that one. Um, Luke, um, losing Akin Fenwa, um, big for the dressing room, it seems, watching some of Tafazoli's YouTube channel, I think it was. Yeah, big character, Joe, wasn't he? Akin Fenwa didn't play a huge amount of minutes for them, but a presence and, you know, someone that is, is going to make the dressing room a buoyant place to be, shall we say. Yeah, and, and also his contributions on the pitch, while they were few and far between, in regards to actual amount of minutes, but him coming off the last 10, 15 minutes in games, he still won every header that went near him. He still, yep. no, nobody could get round him and it still made, it still made games difficult him being on the other side. And it's not like I say, it's not just that side of it. As Luke mentions there, being in, being in the dressing room is key. And he's, he's obviously a massive character, keeps things going there. And they've lost, they've lost three, three big characters in Stuart Stockdale and Akin Fenwa. Hmm. Um, a bit of chat about um, Ainsworth as well, as well. Long hair, leather jacket. What's not to like about Ainsworth? Um, and Lee, I wonder if Ainsworth will have his chest out in this weather, maybe under a big trench coat, perhaps. But let's talk about the boss, uh, Joe. Uh, in charge since September 2012, song second longest serving manager in the 92. And the first is Simon Weaver at Harrogate, but. Um, They've been mostly non-league for a big chunk. He's had the last time. two seasons, isn't it? Yeah, that he's yeah, been indeed. in the league. Um, but five hundred over the five hundred games um, managed, Mark two hundred and two wins. Um, 
1.44 points per game and has been linked tentatively with a few championship clubs, including X. He's ex QPR as a player, wasn't he? Um, yeah. But it, I think possibly, maybe, and I, I was guilty of this as well, maybe underestimated in terms of his, his reading of the game and his tactics, because we know that you know, they're quite direct and physical, but he's a, he's a good tactical manager, isn't he, Gareth Ainsworth? And right. nearly kept them up in the championship. Well, you don't get 500 games at your, under your belt as a manager, especially at the same club, without having something about you. You see what the average shelf life is for a manager these days, and it's barely a year in the football league now. And and like I say, people, you can you can say he plays simple football, but he's never been in a position where he's got a decent sized budget in the league. Even when Wickham have got out of this league, that they, they 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 I think they were almost favourites for relegation at the start of the season. Their budget probably said that, and they've gone up to the championship. Would have had a budget. A, fraction of the size of anyone's in that and even back in this league they're still they're still going to be a small budgeted team but he's football management is about getting the best out of what you've got and he's certainly done that for a number of years so yeah no he's a he's a good manager yeah like I said QPR is linked with I think Blackburn he was linked with where I think he may have been as a kid at Blackburn or sort of certainly up that way because he played for Preston as well but no he's a he's a very good manager and he's like I say he's one that you give him an inch and he'll take it and go from there is it fair to say maybe in terms of a plan B or evolving the playing style, he's maybe not done that too much. Um, according to our research or Seb's research, we need to give Seb a shout out. Failed the fitness test, but did a lot of work. It's generally the four, two, three, one, and generally the kind of same approach that he's taken. Is that fair or am I being harsh? No, no, I think, I think it's fair because when you look at the numbers, I know on the Opta sort of analyst website, they have all the numbers there really detailed stuff, really good stuff for League One. And it talks about something like PPDA, which is pass per defensive action, which basically means how how much you press. And they're sort of third or fourth in the pressing table. In the, or I think the seventh actually in that, and we're fourth. So they press more than anyone. But then when you look at on the ball, sequence time, passes, um, speed that they go forward with the ball, the amount of 10-plus moves, the amount of build-up attacks they have, they're... they're sort of bottom or second bottom in nearly every category there where we're top or second top in every category. So you can, you can look at that and, and you know what you're going to get. You're going to get them knocking the ball quickly, forwards quickly. When they get the ball, they're going to knock it forwards quickly. When we have the ball, they're going to try and press the life out of us and try and win the ball up high, get a high turnover on the ball and try and make something happen from there. And other than that, that, that that's their sort of two main tactics. It's just when you get the ball, get up. They, they want the ball, they want the game to take place in our third of the pitch and it's just about for them it's just about getting the ball in there and once it's in there keeping the ball in there and our challenge because how we like to play is to is going to be to play through that press and keep the ball away from them and sort of keep our shape and like I say try try and play through that press when it when it's there and when it and when we've got through that it's we should have space to work with if they if they press as aggressively as they do elsewhere. But it's just being careful to make sure that we can play through that press because it's not going to be easy as many other teams have found. And and it's a squad built entirely to to deliver on that that kind of functional. It's kind of efficient style, isn't it? There's no mucking around. There's no uh, there's no patient build up, as you say. Um, you know, looking through the squad, the majority of them are six foot plus. Um, but they've been around at Wickham for a while. A lot of homegrown talent there. Um, I guess, should we talk about some of the key players or the players to watch out? I mean, there's, there's an obvious one who's got eight goals and two assists in his 21 appearances. Do you want to talk through um, Mimeti? 
Yeah, ex-Norwich, I think, as well, because I think a couple of people have linked in with us, but I guess we've already signed one ex-Norwich player earlier this year in Gassana Hadme. But no, he's uh, just a tricky player, plays off that sort of left-hand side or as a 10. And again, just a player that likes to press, likes to get on the ball, and he's someone that he's basically their main creative spark to making things happen. And when you look back at his goals, there's some really good goals in there. So it's it's just a case you, you do not want him to have the ball in your final third because he's got all the ability to make things happen. Lovely goal against Portsmouth. Can, yeah, definitely ping one from the edge of the area as well. Any other names catch your eye? Well, Sam Vokes is still still a good player, isn't he? On that, I think a couple, a couple of times he's played almost as a wide forward out there. But he is somebody that when the ball goes, when the ball goes up there, he, he's going to win his fair share of headers and bring them up the pitch and work from there. I've always liked Josh Gowan, who's missed a lot of this season. He's always been a good player when I've seen him at QPR previously. Um, they're sort of the main ones that stick out for me. You can still find Vokes, yeah, 33 now, but I mean, still giving all of us hope. Gareth McCleary at 35, um, four goals, four assists. Um, right hand side, um, still doing the business for them as well. He's, you know, got to give him praise. He's looked after himself well, hasn't he? And, and certainly suits their, their way of playing, doesn't he? He does. And he. He always con- continues to do so, doesn't he? But so they've got players Spring that have, chicken. They've got players that have been in there and been know exactly what Gareth Ainsworth wants from them. That the main sort of core of their squad generally has remained in place. Their keeper that they've signed in the summer has really settled in quickly there. I think he's come down from Scotland, doesn't he? And Livingston, yeah, sort of, yeah, done done really well down there. Uh, and everything kind of to, to me is built from. You know, if the central midfield is is really solid. Actually, you've got Lewis Wing and Josh Scone. We mentioned uh, really combative central midfield. There likes to, and um, both of them will get around as you mentioned. And then you know Alfie Mawson's in there. You know, one time multi million pound signing for Fulham. He had, had some real struggles, but he's finding his way back into the game there. And he's still only twenty eight. He, was in, he well. was in an England squad, wasn't he? Not that not that long ago, probably. Four years ago, he's probably in the England squad. Mm. Tafazoli is is a six foot four centre back. He's um, for those of you who like YouTube, he's got quite an interesting channel. I remember him doing a video um, of the four one game that we just talked about, um, and interesting watching his preparation. And then, and I don't know if he's mic'd up or his mate's got a kind of a touchline mic, but they kind of film the game from his perspective, and really interesting watching that. And um, you know, he's solid, but he missed the start of the season as well. It's no surprise that a lot of the star performance from last season um, were missing from the start of the season. And that might have, that might have been a factor in some of the form. And then, yeah, players like David Wheeler, Jordan DeBeater, Nick Freeman, Jack Grimm are all have been around Wickham for a while, all solid members of this squad. It's a, as you say, it's a really functional unit, isn't it, Joe? Um, go on. Sorry. Yeah, and it, but it does feel like it's a squad that's maybe getting to the end of its shelf life when you look at the age yeah. of a McCleary and players like that. It hasn't it hasn't really refreshed itself, and it yeah, does feel like if it, this is this their final year before it needs a big overhaul. And maybe that was why Ainsworth was looking around a bit more in in sort of previous windows for another job because he knows he's sort of getting to the end of the cycle with his, these players, and it's going to be very difficult to go again because people are going to be coming in if that if Wickham are a top League One club now, which they sort of have become. The players are going to want the money to go alongside that, and it's it's just harder. It's harder to build that squad the second time round, isn't it? Or probably the fifth time round for him. To be fair, uh, yeah, third oldest squad, Joe, um, in the league according to Seb stats. So that really tells the story. 
let's drill into some of the, the let's try and use some stats to tell the stories as well your your chat about um i've even ppda do you want to remind us what ppda stands for yeah that's i, I mentioned it briefly earlier but that passes per defensive action so it's just right. how how many times you allow the opposite to pass before you try and tackle an interception a, a block or one of those but they, they just do not let you have the ball in that final third but then once you once that press is broken down, it's a case of just getting themselves sitting back into shape and waiting for them to get the ball back so they can hoof it long again in reality. Yeah, well, uh, 20th for possession stats overall and 17th highest possession at home, 49.7%. 24th for pass completion overall. 21st for pass completion at home, 63.1%. 9th um, for accurate long balls at home probably doesn't surprise anyone. We've mentioned the sequencing and direct speed and passes per sequence and build-ups and so on. Um, yeah, the possession is functional rather than to try to yeah. create patterns of players. And yeah, they're they're not a side for the purists, are they? It's for people no that that want to watch a a good footballing side, you're not going to get it there. But I say it's not a criticism; it's just something that it's and it's a, it's a that, club. Trying to they succeed. found something that works for them, and the budget, Stoke yeah, exactly. did it. Like I say, Stoke did it in the Premier League for all those years, and finished eighth yeah. in the league a few times. And like I say, mm. there's more than one way to skin a cat, and they do. I, I do find some of their gamesmanship tiring to watch, though. So I'll be. We didn't find hoping, stats of how often the ball's no, in play in their games. Very, very low. I think there was a game where they played Accrington last year, where the game balls in play for about 34 minutes or <sighs> something along those lines. No, so um, yeah, it's, it's a real it. clash of styles in that side because it, it's a clash of styles on the pitch with regards to every metric you can find. But yeah. also, but also when you see us, when we get a throw in, when we get a f- corner, when we get a throw in, it's all trying to take things very quickly. So we'll be trying to speed the game up as much as we can, and they'll be trying to slow the game down as much as they can. So it's going to be a real clash of styles. We, it just means we've got to be very, very careful with our possession. You can't do those sort of too many of those overhit balls or bad passes where the ball goes out of play just to give them a, give them a breather. We'd, we've got to be really on it tomorrow. Yeah, we'll talk about us um, shortly and um, how we might deal with the the, um, the way they try and impose themselves on us. In terms of the attacking stats, they kind of just tell the similar story. Ninth for, for XG, so they're kind of performing in the league as where their XG you would have them. Ninth overall for shots per game, um, slightly higher at home. Um, fourth, where they have 16.2 shots per game. Five five to six of those are on target, which is pretty good going as well. So they will try their luck from range. They will get shots away, um, but they are not going to run the ball at us. 24th for dribbles per game at home, 3.4 and um, pretty low there. So um, yeah, it's not going to come. In, there's not players who are going to dribble at us and, and run our fullbacks, put it that way. Um, more of an aerial bombardment perhaps, but one surprising stat for me, and, and I looked back on this, um, you'd kind of expect, Joe, that for, for the, the style of play that, that Ainsworth has got them um, set up with, they don't score too many set-piece goals. Only two set-piece goals scored at home, which is the 16th best in the league, and only 22% of their goals last season came from set-pieces. Is, is that a surprise to you? Yeah, it's, it's it's just a massive anomaly, isn't it, for how they play? But I think it's more because while they, while they do have some bigger players up front, there's also the there's also a lot of 
little tricky players almost where it's like you've you've got this sort of kingpin to work off and the Mametis and sort of McCleary's people like that that are still quick are still tricky are still technical players but it's a case of trying to get the ball to land in their trying to get them to land on the ball in dangerous areas isn't it rather than having so many sort of set piece monsters you look at Lewis Wing and Josh Scowen in the midfield yeah combative but they're not they're not big midfielders are they they're not guys you expect to score a lot of set-piece goals so it's really just their centre-backs but you you would think it's a fairly obvious area for them to try and improve on but they obviously don't have the quality of takers but I'd say hopefully hopefully the poor record lasts until at least after tomorrow and and worth noting flipping the stats around they they've got the 11th best home defensive record in the league but have conceded the majority of their goals only by a little bit from set-pieces so um we know that Leif Davis is a threat so um, that will be a big opportunity for us to win those set pieces and, and for Leif Davis and Luke Wolfman and if he's fit. And um, we'll, t- we'll come back to that one and all the speculation in the chat. Um, that will be an opportunity for us, won't it? And you know, other stats to look out for, 17th for home expected goals against. So that tells you the story about why they're not really got their season up and running because they are conceding those chances. Um, they can see the third most shots per game overall in the league, seventh most shots per game at home, about 12 per mm. game, which is not great. Um, but they will win the aerial duels. That's something we're not particularly great yeah. at. So that's you know first overall, first time for aerial duels won, about 30 a game, Joe. Well, that's it. Shots. Yeah, they, they, well, they have more to compete into, the, the numbers, isn't it? But it's just every sort of stat you look at, obviously the stats can tell you what their style of play is, but the main stats you look at for the things that sort of exclude their style of play just shows them to be a sort of a real a, a mid-table side, doesn't it? With regards to creating chances, stopping your position, getting chances, quality of chances. They're sort of a mid-table side and we're we're the best side in the league at that. So when you look at it on paper, it's a, it's like every game in this league. It's one we should be looking to win, but it's going gonna, it's gonna to pose its own challenges and it's not going to be easy. Far from it. You, you're going to have to earn any victory you get at Adams Park. So hopefully yeah. we can, but we you look at everything and there's a reason why the bookies have Wickham at sort of more than three to one to win at home. Yep. Uh, final stat from me before we, we um, we'll pause, we'll come back and talk about us. So get your thoughts in the chat and start thinking about your predictions as well. We will come to that as well. Um, this one was a good one from Seb. Um, 18 of their 27 league goals have come in the first half of games this season. So 67% of get of their goals scored in the first half. They are third in the first half league table, I, if you pause games at 45 minutes, they'd be third in the league. Based on the second half, they'd be 20th or 18th at home. So they're definitely, if it's, a, if it's, um, if we get it to, um, a, you know, if it's nil nil at half time, that bodes well for us. Or even if we get the first goal, um, Wickham have only taken three points after falling behind in matches this season. So, definitely an onus on us to start the game positively which we've we've done of late Joe haven't we yeah we've we've, we've probably sort of scored the most first half goals in the league I'd guess because we are the top scorers in the league and we do we do score a lot of early goals it's just we tend to do better when we score a little bit later don't we it seems a lot of the early goals we score we tend to not get the second one in those games but I'd say we've, we've got on, on paper we've got everything we need to beat Wickham it's just a case of going out there and earning that right to do on the pitch Yep. We'll be back after this. 
Innovation Labs is business hub and co-working space with strategic locations across Suffolk. Our aim is to foster innovation, entrepreneurship, business growth and the development of an AI centre of excellence in Suffolk. Monthly hot desks are available from just £79. For more info, head to innovationlabsgroup.com or contact info at innovationlabsgroup.com. Innovation Labs, providing support for businesses across Suffolk. Locations in Stowmarket, Ipswich, Sudbury, Woodbridge with more support. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage with Mook Delivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Blue Monday are delighted to be partnered with TalkSport Fan Network and NordVPN, giving you the best possible offering for browsing the internet securely. NordVPN opens up global streaming options for content not available in your region by switching your virtual location quicker than Wesburn's running down the wing. NordVPN acts like your cyber Sam Morsey whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like passwords and credit card details from falling into the wrong hands. For about the price of an ITFC match program a month or a Blue Monday Telegram subscription, you can get yourself a NordVPN account which can be used across six different devices. If you need to rapidly change direction like Amari Hutchinson, there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Blue Monday or click the link in the podcast or YouTube subscription to be taken straight there, supporting us here at Blue Monday in the process. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Thanks, Mikey. We get to have Mikey back in this country when after the World Cup. He's been away for a while, so I um, always like hearing his voice. Um, evening to Ian, our, our resident favourite Darlington FC fan. Um, still top of the league, not bad for a part-time fan-owned club. There you go. Good to be top of the league, isn't it, Ian? Yay, all the cool, cool kids are. Um, and a lot of love for um, Darlington. Um, love a Parmo in Darlow. There you go. I'm getting some uh, cuisine debate going on in the chat as well. Uh, let's talk about us, Joe. A lot of um, discussion about what we should do. Um, Luke Jackson won't have much space in behind. So I will go with Ladapo also to help with defensive set pieces. Um, your thoughts on that one? Kind of one of the debates, isn't it? Jackson or Ladapo? But I thought Jackson was decent against Posh. Is there not a, against an old slow back line? Is there not an opportunity for Jackson tomorrow? I wonder whether Jackson dropped into one of the number 10 roles there rather okay. than sort of a Luco maybe. Because mm-hmm. is it a game for Sonny Luco where it's sort of going to be flying over his head a lot of the game or or do you want to sort of position Jackson one of the wide roles and have Ladapo through the middle to, like you say, to give us that extra bit in, give us that extra bit in defence as well from set pieces. But I know I think we'd, we haven't got many options there, but there are a couple of little options there. But I'd, I'd expect to see Ladapo come back into the team. Yeah, and Luke says bring Jackson on 60-ish minutes, depending on how the game is going. Once hopefully gaps open and defenders tie, that seems pretty fair enough. FBL going a little bit out there, Joe. Um, a day for three big centre-backs. I don't know if that's a question 
about us or I assume it's about Ipswich, but yeah, do we want to, do we want to address lots of rumors about Wolfie? Do we want to go there? I guess we don't know that is the, is the honest answer there. Um, hopefully he's fit, but if he's not, it will likely be Edmondson, won't it? And it'll be, it'll be the usual suspects alongside him. Well, I guess it's a choice between Edmondson or Keogh, isn't it? Last week, mm. Keogh was on the bench and Edmondson wasn't. I don't, I don't know whether Edmondson was 19th man, but when you see the Town in Five videos that they released, Edmondson's shirt was hanging up in the changing room. So was he a late injury or was he just a 19th man and Keogh was selected ahead of them? So we, we don't really know on that one. But like I said, there's obviously been a lot of talk about Wolfie, but if he's, if he's not going to be fit, it's, there's going to be the choice there. Is Janoi Danashian going to be fit again? Because yep. he's obviously struggled and Vince, he went off early, didn't he, last week and Kane Vincent Young came on. Kane Vincent Young actually started the 4-1 there last year. I, I think it's important to remember it's not just going to be, whilst they do play long ball, the, the, one of the main areas they do is the pressing of our centre-backs. So we've, we've got to make sure that the pressing of our defenders, we've got to make sure that our defenders can play through that press and are brave on the ball and are good on the ball. Because that's, that's where we're going to win the game, by being able to beat that press. Michael, lots of, uh, Michael says uh, lots of nervy moments in the game for fans. Uh, Town playing the triangle passes out from the back to make space in the middle of the park. He says, Dave for Luco, you... you I mean, maybe alongside Morsey? Is it a game yeah. for Humphreys? Well, I, I don't think Luco could play that role like Humphreys does, to be fair. Okay. I, I, I just think it's not not his game. He's, he's, he's never really played that deep, and this, is, this isn't where you're going to work him in there. But yeah, I, I, I do get the point about him being able to drop in and try and help us play through there. Maybe maybe it's not a game for Connor Chaplin, but then he scored a couple of goals last week, and yeah, maybe he'd go with Luco and Jackson, isn't it? But who knows? But... We've, we're, fight, we're sort of starting to get options again. Great news that Marcus Harness is back in training as yeah. well. Yeah, Lee Evans on the grass in Seb's absence. Someone has to say it. Uh, Luke uh, had me or had me, uh, one of the only players to worry our centre backs uh, to to worry our centre backs physically from memory. I think that was like, the Burton yeah. game, wasn't it, where he um, gave gave them a real tough time. So. Yeah, yeah, he's probably guess, not in the start, but he's a good there. bench option, isn't he? Well, it's funny because Luke Wolfenden is always very good at just looking after these big guys, but that Burton game, we were all over the place. We really struggled in that and had me was really good in that one, but unfortunately he got injured and we haven't seen that elsewhere, but mm. I, I don't think we need to worry about worrying their f- centre-backs. We just need to make sure we can play our game and beat their game, which is playing through them. And to that point, Eric um, noticed against Peterborough that Walton went direct more than other games that in the season. Is that something that we're likely to see or, or should we be, short distribution and playing football against Wickham. It's been, it's been quite a few games, isn't it? Where Walton's gone quite direct. I don't, I don't think it's purely the posh one, but yeah, you've got to do that. You, you can't just keep, you can't just keep trying to play for a press. If you're failing, you need to, you, you've got to mix it up a bit to, to keep them honest as well. If, if they know you're going to play it short every time, they can cheat a bit and push right up on you. So you just got to be able to mix it up both ways. Dan Connor's uh, always useful to have Dan's expertise here. Open play XGA, um, expected goals against, sorry, 17th. Open play goals against seven. So they are clearly, I think that's Dan saying, they're, Joe. They're that, getting lucky. Yeah. They're getting lucky. They should be conceding more goals, essentially. Yeah. Um, Mark, even to Mark, is the Elmer's recall still on the cards with Evans back soon? Well, we still need somebody to replace Dominic Ball, don't we? Hmm. So. There's still a gap in the squad because we still wanted 
five central midfielders. And I think the fact we've had three of them out for a significant period of time with Kamara, Ball and Evans all out together, we, we need at least one in there. Is it going to be just the one? Is it going to be El Mazzuni? Are we going to look to bring players in in the transfer market? But I think we'll be looking to replace Ball and depending on the, the sort of diagnosis of Kamara, which we haven't really heard a huge amount about, have we? It seems... Mm. It seems one of those ones where maybe they still don't really know what is quite wrong with it because he's had surgery now. It doesn't seem to have worked properly or there's a further issue, but we're going to need bodies in there. And for me, El Mazzuni, he's doing brilliantly at Leighton Orient, but he's a player that's had a pre-season with us who knows our system. We know what he's like. He's got another, I think he's got another year and an option after this season, maybe even have two years. Well, get him in and get him helping us because he's, he's never let us down. Exactly right. And and if Evans is fit, Morsey Evans is the starting duo anyway, isn't it? So the idea that we'd we'd spend money and and put a player on the bench doesn't doesn't seem to make much sense to me either. It's hard to when you when you know you've got Elmazuni coming back, you effectively And you've got Humphreys you, as well. He's, you're either you're either gonna loan someone in or you're gonna have to buy someone. And if you buy someone, you've then got six midfielders contracted into next season as well. So you're then struggling on that side. Hmm. Um one player who's He's back from injury and, and a useful cameo against Peterborough. Could we see Lee start at fullback? I, I mean, you, Leaf Dave is probably one of the form players in the team right now, but um, Lee's got a good spring on him, a good in the air, isn't he? I wonder, he might, might he be a centre back option, Joe? Could be, yeah. It's, if he was right footed, maybe even more so. But, but Burgess seems to have that left centre back role covered at the moment, doesn't he? But no, I'm sure. Whatever happens, Greg Lee will play a part in tomorrow's game because he's he's great at coming on and helping finish those games when once you're coming under a bit of pressure at set pieces. But you, Leif Davis has been superb this year, isn't he, on the ball? So you, you, you're going to play him. Corner danger, yeah. Uh, even it's Callie, um, who I uh, had a nice chat with um, after Fleetwoods. Um, shame Remin- we didn't. Reminiscent about the Midlands. We were, oh, I was so jealous. I was going to say I'm jealous of even jumping on the A14 to go back, but I really wasn't. But yeah, good to meet, good to meet you finally, Callie. After all these years where we promised we were going to meet at St Andrews and all that kind of stuff. And um, thanks for joining us tonight, um, Lee. I hope Walt remembers his cap tomorrow. It's supposed to be rainy and maybe snowy, isn't it tomorrow? But it was weird last week. I know you guys talked about it at the flagship. You kind of cap on, cap off. I, I anyway. We need to get back on the pod and ask him all about it, don't we? Um, Elmers could even come back for the four weeks of January and then go back to Orient, says Dan. Yeah, um, it's an interesting shout there, isn't it? To kind of see how we get through with the injuries, Joe, and then and then if, if we need him for longer, then we keep him, don't we? Yeah, or even signings. If you're trying to get signings over the line, don't make it. But then Orient, are, they, are Orient going to wait around for him or are they just going to, if they lose him, will they need to go and find someone else? going to be interesting isn't it well as always um, we'll find out what's going on tomorrow we all we can do is speculate and um, do get your predictions and thoughts in for the game in the chat now we will um, come back to predictions shortly that's where we're going to next just a few bits and pieces of, of business to talk about um, we are brought to you in partnership with the Greyhound um, great to see so many people in their last weekend early doors Ahead of Peterborough, always good venue, match day or not. Um, so do head down to the Greyhound. Um, do join our Telegram group as well, free for a couple of weeks and then a subscription thereafter. But the football chat continues 24 7, 365, seemingly. Um, it'll be the World Cup chat will be closing down. So only a few more days to take advantage of that. But we really do and keep enjoy keeping the conversation going. And you get to hear bits of wisdom from from Joe and 
Dan as well, Joe. Do you, you, and you're involved in other Telegram groups for other podcasts as well, aren't you? So it's good. It's a good to continue the chat, isn't it? Yeah, it's a re- it's a really good community. There is a lot of good, intelligent, sensible chat in there. Attractive. Yeah. Yeah. There, there, there isn't the sort of reactionary. There's there, obviously there's some passions go sometimes, but it's not the constant mind-numbing dullness of the same point being made over and over again like you get on Twitter sometimes like if, for example when the manager's out of favour and it's just every comment is just fired in about the same thing we want this we want this we want this it's like no we want to actually talk about it people give their point of view people don't agree on everything at all but there's always some really good chat in there yeah we've we've managed to figure out that we can disagree with each other respectfully without it being a problem so if that's something that you want to see on a more routine basis than Twitter, which frankly is a bit of a dumpster fire right now. Anyway, then come and join us. We also, um, spoiler alert for Sunday, flagship show will be back um, 8 p.m. as usual with Ben in the host chair with Craig and Dave, I believe. We do have a giveaway and there may or may not be access to Telegram as part of that Christmas giveaway, but no harm in getting yourself a two-week free trial even if you were to win that. So keep your eyes peeled on the flagship show on Sunday. Um, merch store is there, but all the details you need, all the fun and games going on in the Blue Monday podcast, head to bluemondayitfc.co.uk. Um, let's do some predictions, Joe. And if I thought about it, I would have got your predictions from the, the previous week when you were on the show with us, but I've forgotten to do that. So you have to take credit or disavow Seb's predictions. Um, and worth noting, FBL tractors first go at things as well. Um, I think, I've, is that the right one? I think I've made a mistake right away. I think that's the wrong one. Um, but last week, I think Seb won again. I think Seb did well. So that's all I've got to say about that. Horace Gump style. I think I've the, the host has screwed up there. Uh, so apologies for everyone for that. I'm trying to find the right one. Can't do it. Oh, yeah, there it is. One sec. Live. Put the lift music on, Joe. Da, 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 da. Na, 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 I'm sure everyone's can't wait to see this come up on the screen as well. It's going to be a total waste be, of everyone's time. This will be great for the podcast listeners. Boom. Well. There you go. Right. So, um, so Seb won with two correct score predictions, including Ipswich Peterborough 2 1, a Bristol Rovers Port Vale, FPL Tractor, um, four outcomes, but no correct scores. So Seb wins the week um, and continues his mini resurgence. So let's talk about this week. And the games are dropping thick and well, I was going to say thick I think and there's well. only one dropped in this league so far, two. isn't there? Two. Who else has gone now? Um, Port Vale has gone as well. Uh, okay. So I've taken that one out of your predictions roster joe but here we go and that's the wrong one as well bloody hell rich one job he's got to do there so i'll have to refer to the spreadsheet rather than stick on the screen which frankly is a bit of a faff anyway if i can do it seamlessly i will but it's another round of pretty uneventful fixtures joe barnsley burton bolton exeter charlton bristol cheltenham lincoln derby forest green fleetwood cambridge not particularly exciting let's talk about plymouth morecambe you've gone for a a one-all draw. You think Plymouth's little hiccup is going to continue, do you? I sometimes, I to be honest, I put what I want to happen rather than what I think <laughs> will happen sometimes. And but Plymouth have not been playing well, and no. Morecambe don't that don't Cambridge give out any easy games. Where they're bottom, freaky, it, looked it? Like, it looked like Cambridge were the better team and should Ooh. have won that. But 
Morecambe are a tough game. That game is at Plymouth, and I'm, I'm sure they'll they'll win it comfortably and probably start a resurgence from there. But I would, I, I don't know. I, I just think that Morecambe might give them a couple of bits of travel there. And we know Morecambe are tricky opponents as well. FBI tracks are continuing his backing of Plymouth in a very big way. Predicted 4-0 last week. Predicted 4-0 this week. The home form definitely possibly a factor there. Sheffield Wednesday, Oxford. Are you you taking a similar line, Joe, with your one all there for Sheffield Wednesday v Oxford? No, it just sounds like Barry Bannon's out for the game, doesn't it? Oxford are yep. relatively resurgent, aren't they, in the last few weeks? It wasn't that long ago. They were sort of almost down in the relegation zone. And when you look at the table now, they're sort of shot right up there. They're probably one of the form teams in the league. They've, I say they'll, they'll go there playing very much for a point as they do when they come to Portman Road every year. So they'll be quite happy oh, with we'll a point. The shit out of them, won't we? Yeah. So, yeah, I, I imagine that will just be a game shut down and Keep us with they, they get away with a point. Yeah, yep. I'm sure he's already um, been practising, laying down on the floor, <laughs> sort of in training a week. That's all they've been doing at Oxford. Yeah. No, it's not realistic enough. You've got to, you've got to scream in agony, yeah. Uh, and let's finally look at us. We're all going for wins. You're pretty confident, Joe, with a nil-two there. Um, any not particularly controversial prediction, but you're predicting a couple of goals to the good for that one? I, I just think we're a better team than them. And it's either going to, it's either going to go one of two ways where we just sort of relatively comfortably sort of keep them at arm's length or it's going to be a bit of a ding-dong battle and which could go anyway. So I'm hoping it's just a comfortable go there, win 2-0, come home, see you later, job done, <laughs> three bash, points, bash. top at Christmas, see you later, League Happy One, days. Championship, here we come. <laughs> yeah, well, I've gone for a 1-0. I think it might be a little bit squeaky. Um, FBL Tractor also going for a, a one-goal margin, but predicting us to concede, which... Um, yeah, might be interesting. Similar pattern to last week. We shall see. Let's go and see what folk have got for us in the chat. Oh, the first one I could see. Lee's go for a nil-nil, Joe. Oh, come on, Lee. Yeah, come on. Top of the nah, league. No. Um, we should, we goals. Says Charlie D. Score for a says Michael. 3-1 win. FBL, yeah, 2-1 to the Mighty Blues. There you go. Um, assuming they remember to send the underscore heating one. And de-ice the car park for us. 1-1. Then we score. So is that 1 1? Then we score a 97th minute. 2 1 win, then. 2 1 win, says Eric. 3 1, says Gary. Um, yeah, Ian, there you go. FPL undersoil heating takes 24 hours, as you were saying, Joe. So they probably should just keep it on, really. Um, and yeah, Seb 1, surely an error. I couldn't believe it. FPL, I'll, I'll have to check back the spreadsheet. I kind of feel like put, putting the wrong images up should suggest to you that I've screwed us up somewhere along the line. So I would, I'll audit the results just in case. Um, and lucky Red Sox will see us home. Yeah, we're in the red and black kit, Joe. Um, only two outings previous. Do you remember what those games were? Shrewsbury. Yeah. Where we won 3 0. Yeah. And Sheffield Wednesday. I can't think of the other Sheffield Wednesday, where we drew 2 2. Yep. So, so we yeah. averaged two and a half games per goal, two and a half goals per game in that kit. So it's good. And two points but, a but, game as well. But we wore black socks, didn't we, last time? Both other times we've worn it. So this is the first time we're wearing the red socks with it. It's, a, it's the first time we've got this kit combination, red, black, red. Oh, wow. There you go. Well, thank you, Dan, for pointing that one out. And we'll um, we'll see how that fares. But, oh, I, I didn't mean to do that. Um, <laughs> we'll see how we get on with that next week, if I can get the results right and find the right button to press on the pods.
thank you everyone who's joined us we've had really positive numbers so thank you everyone and thank you to steven on facebook for the thumbs up if you're watching on youtube don't forget to do that as well and do subscribe we really appreciate that and um, helps nudge us up all the unimportant algorithms that nerdy people like me care about and do join us again for the flagship show on sunday with ben dave and craig and we'll sort out what we're doing ahead of christmas runner games probably um less frequent shows um, but we will certainly will be previewing at least the oxford and portsmouth games i suspect um so do keep a lookout for that um, and if you're traveling down to wickham if you manage to successfully dock in a car parking space do let us know that you're there um, tweet us we'll retweet anything that you guys send us on the match day experience and if you're on um if you're not traveling down and watching legally on iFollow this week um then join us why not join us in the telegram match day chat um if you want to shout out um now is your time to do it um but joe do you want to say goodbye and all that kind of fun stuff Yep, obviously everyone keep an eye on the Blue Monday account for the International Caps advent calendar that we're doing each day yes. now. I think it was, was it Holland's day? The Netherlands, yeah. six, 16 caps for the Netherlands, or 17 caps between Arnold Muir and Franz Tyson. So we're down to the last eight teams, eight countries now with the most international caps. I'm sure people can guess most of them. Yes, yeah, and what, yeah, 20, 20th will be. Um, thank you, Joe, for your your input, your insights, um, telling us what PBDA stands for. Um, we'll no doubt hear from you before Christmas. And yeah, Lee, um, no live pod on Christmas Day, but I'm sure there'll be plenty of Blue Monday content out there. Um, thank you, everyone, for joining us. Thank you to Michael. Thank you to Eric, Simon, Lee, for your kind words. And Gary, thank you again for your super chats. Um, we will be back on Sunday, as I mentioned. And um, do you want to say, come on, you blues, Joe, because that's what Seb usually ends the show with. Come on, you reds. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping, but in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurant. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.